you grabbed uh, the outline along with the prayer page tonight, you can, you can follow that. This series, the fruit grows where the stream flows. There needs to be a, a, a source in order for us to have fruit in our lives. And we started this series, this is the fourth of this series tonight, and we're now two weeks into really covering the nine fruits of the Spirit. Last week, we started with love, and tonight, we're going to talk about the fruit of joy. And I love this topic. Of course, you know, I married joy. I have joy all the time, joy unspeakable and full of glory. So this is, this is a great topic tonight. But uh, the, each one of these, because of the context, uh, there is different types of preaching. And so just to kind of give you an idea, that's why I want you to have your Bibles, have your note page tonight, that these lessons are more topical than they are expository. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll preach from a particular text in the Bible and I'll go line upon line, verse upon verse. But because of these topics, these fruits, we're going to be all over the Word of God tonight. So I want you to follow along and uh, have your Bible and, and have your note page and take notes. Listen, all of us need to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It needs to be evident. And the Bible says in Galatians 5, verse 22, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So tonight we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit is joy, which is one of these fruits that is mentioned. Now, a lot of times you see in life, maybe you're the same way, people are doing various things because they're looking for a way to find or to have joy in their lives. Uh, they want to have a, a life that is joyful, but the, the problem is, is that to have joy, they are uh, their way to have it or try to have it is that they find themselves buying more possessions or seeking relationships that might be more fulfilling, or they might be searching for a career that might be a little bit more successful in their eyes than maybe what they're currently doing. And they think that one of those things, having more things or having a relationship or a better career, they think that those might bring joy into their lives. Now, the problem with that is that happiness, when it's placed in things, fades quickly. Oftentimes, we're disappointed. How many of you have ever bought a new car and about a week later, you're disappointed, right? When the payment book shows up or the first payment shows up or you spill the first thing on the carpet inside the car or, you know, whatever happens many times. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, I know that Brother Flynn, like many of us, he loves chocolate. But do you know that even chocolate doesn't bring lasting satisfaction? I mean, it's good while you're eating it, you know. But, but listen, there are very few things in life that bring everlasting joy. People are missing it on this matter of having joy in their lives. And here's why, because they refuse to acknowledge what is the real source of joy. They're, they're looking for joy in all the wrong places. And they've got to acknowledge what the true source, Paul said in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord, how often? Always. And notice, and again, I say rejoice. Now, if you look at the word rejoice, look, it's the word joy. 
but it's got that word re. Like if, if you're going to repeat something, that means you're going to do it again. If you have joy, he says, listen, don't just have joy, rejoice, he says. And he says when, when in your life, he says, don't just have joy, but rejoice in the Lord always. See, the Lord is the source of our joy. And we can't uh, certainly, as it says there, listen, you and I, and, and Paul didn't, he didn't record it inaccurately when he says rejoice in the Lord always. As human beings, you and I, we can't rejoice in everything. But with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can produce fruit. We can have love. We can have joy. As a matter of fact, Christianity and joy are two terms that should be synonymous. In other words, if you're a child of God, you should have joy in your life. And if you have joy in your life, there's a good chance, if it's true joy, that you are a child of God. They are synonymous terms. The, the word here, joy, it's the Greek word kara. Uh, we have English words like charismatic. Uh, we have other words that go right, right along with it. But the word kara, it actually means a joy. Listen, this is the Bible rendering, not the world's. It's a joy which foundation of that joy is found in God. If you and I, and we have been recipients of the grace of God, aren't you glad for God's grace tonight? And when you think about this, because we know His grace, then we can experience His joy. See, it's, it, they go hand in hand. The joy in our hearts, it should be something that should be expressed outwardly on our faces. Look what Paul wrote to those in Rome. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, look, folks, it's not something that we put on this phony facade. The joy is there because we know the Lord is our Savior. We have the Holy Spirit of God, and the fruit of that is that there is joy in our lives. You ever met a grumpy Christian? Man, I'm going to tell you something. I'm like, a lot of times I'll say to them, and I'll say it kindly, but I'll say, you need, you need to go check your joy because I think when you came in the door, you must have set it down somewhere, you know? We should rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, look, notice tonight as we get into the lesson, what are some reasons for our joy? I mean, when you look at the Bible, what does it tell us? How do we understand this matter of joy in our lives? Well, notice, first of all, joy begins at salvation. There's a lot of people in the world, they have no joy in their life, and the reason they don't have joy is because they don't have Jesus. But when you come to know the Lord as your Savior, notice what Paul says in Romans 15. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy. Notice that phrase there. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God took up residence in your life. The Holy Spirit became the permanent indwelling presence in your life. And he says, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, we can rejoice. You know why? Because we've been accepted of, of the Lord. We have been saved. And now we identify with him. Look what Peter says. Whom having not seen, with our physical eyes, we've not seen him. But he says... We haven't seen him, but we love him, in whom, though we now see him not, yet believing, we rejoice with joy unspeakable 
and full of glory. I love what somebody said, joy is the flag which is flown from the castle of the heart when the king is in residence there. Uh, whenever we were in uh, the Holy Land, uh, there was a, a place there where uh, we were told that it was a Catholic uh, kind of a, remember what that was, Robert? And they, the, the flag was flying on it. And they said, when that flag's flying, the Pope is here. You remember that? Now, when we were walking around uh, up on the, uh, the ramparts all the way around the walls of the city, and they said, you see that right there? They said, when the flag is up, we know that the Pope is here. And so I was looking to see if the Pope was there, and he wasn't there. But see, when you think about this, when the Lord's in our lives, when he's resident in our hearts, then joy is the flag. I mean, people, a lot of times, look, this is how much joy should be a part of your life as a Christian is that, that in spite of the economy, in spite of maybe a, a, the way that your boss is treating all his employees, people ought to say, how can you be so happy at a time like this? Well, I'll tell you, because nothing is going to rob me of the joy in my life. Because, folks, they can't take that away from you. If God is in you and you have his Holy Spirit, it, joy begins at salvation. Listen to what the angel, he was talking about this at the birth of Christ in Luke 2. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy. I mean, just think about Jesus. He says, listen, this baby is going to bring great joy to all those that would come to know him it says which shall be to all people we can we can rejoice how about this how many of you are saved tonight do you know where your name's written right now in the lamb's book of life we can rejoice in that can i tell you listen no matter what happens god doesn't use disappearing ink your name is written down look at the bible says in luke 10 20 notwithstanding in this Rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written where? In heaven. That means Gilbert's name is written in heaven. Can you believe that, brother? I'm going to tell you something. That's awesome to think that my name is written in heaven. That means whenever I get there, guess what? He's going to know me because my name is already there. When you think about this true joy, it begins at salvation. But notice, secondly, that joy is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our lives. The Holy Spirit wants to bear fruit through our lives. Joy is a disposition that is produced through the Holy Spirit of God. There should be joy in our lives. It's that inner joy, that delight. The psalmist says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. See, to have this matter of joy, this spiritual fruit produced in our lives, the only way that's going to happen is we have to be yielded or controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. If you don't have this matter of yielding, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled be controlled, yield your life to the Spirit. If we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God, then that fruit is going to be evident. There will be love. There will be joy in our lives. Our desire should not be, listen, not just for joy. Our desire should be that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because with the Spirit, with the yielding to the Spirit, then understand the joy will be there. And so we see tonight the reasons for our joy is because 
when we get saved, that joy begins at salvation. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Notice, secondly, I see in the Word of God the resilience of our joy. Because your joy is going to be tested. Remember, I told you people are trying to put their, uh, trying to find joy in various places, but the fruit of joy is not something that's up and down, up and down. The fruit of joy is something that should be a constant thing in our lives. It's a constant joy, this resilience that the Word of God talks about. It's talking about the ability to recover. You know, you think about, uh, you think about Lapita tonight and Brother Ken there in the hospital. Rejoice in the Lord always. A little hard to rejoice when your husband's laying in the hospital. But see, true joy is resilient. It's actually like, like, a, like a buoy, the, the buoyancy of it. That joy is resilient. When we go through times in our lives, Nehemiah was one that understood this with all the circumstances that he dealt with when he was, when he was trying to build the wall, do a work for God. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8, he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the, uh, the Lord, our, unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now listen, there's going to be times when your joy is going to be put to the test. And remember, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So what is he talking about? Well, when you think about this, look, the world can't offer you that type of steady joy because, I mean, some people, you talk to them today and boy, they're excited. They've got joy in their life. And then tomorrow the bottom falls out. You know, the stock market crashed. And their joy is gone because it's in the wrong place. Uh, many believe the lie that, that the more we have, the more joy we'll have. That's not the truth. I see a lot of people with a lot of things, but the joy is not there. The fruit of joy is something that can be found in the Holy Spirit. It's not found in material things. And so notice, I see tonight that there is, first of all, a joy in suffering. Now think about that. Joy in suffering? Yes. The Bible speaks of it. Look what Peter writes here, wherein we greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peter says, wherein ye greatly rejoice. While you're going through a season of suffering, he says you can still have joy. I mean, listen, Christians who have gone through seasons, and some of you have, Christians know that trials, God would never hurt us and harm us. God loves us. What those trials do is they refine our faith in God. Oftentimes, it's those trials that bring us closer to God. We hope, in, even in times of suffering, why? Because we know God is working. God's working. We glory in tribulations because, listen to this, that we know that it's not going to last forever, that 
as we go through those times of tribulation, we understand that the best is yet to come. Listen, if nothing else happened, what do we have to wait on, heaven? See, the best is yet to come. We can have joy in that thought. We hope because we know that Jesus is coming soon. I'm looking forward to it. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, right? Come today so that we don't have to worry about the government shutdown anymore, all right? Uh, look what the, Jesus said in John 16. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into what? Joy. Listen, we all, we all watch the news. We all know what's going on in the world. And listen, we lament, we weep, we, we worry about things. But he says right here that your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow. But her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for, for joy that a man is born into the world. And, now, and you know, therefore, uh, you now have, therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. I've never understood it. I've just been there at my wife's side when she gave birth to all four of our children. And, and listen, I'm going to tell you, they say it, but I, I honestly believe it. Women go through the jaws of death to have children. I mean, they, they, they just go through some tremendous... I just know this, I'm just glad God never made me a woman. That's all I can say. Because I, I, I watched my wife, I've been there with my, I, was, I just happened to be in the room, I, I, it wasn't planned that way, but one of my daughters, she was getting ready, to, and you know how it is, sometimes it's a marathon, and other times it's very quickly, it's hardly ever anything in between. I was sitting over in the corner, minding my own business, and I just kept kind of waiting until they said, listen, you need to get out. And I was sitting over there, and all of a sudden, all these nurses rushed in the room, the doctor comes in, and I looked at my wife, and I said, uh... And she goes, well, you better just stay over there for now, you know. And, and I, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I was struggling sitting over in that chair because my daughter was going through that childbirth and trying to deliver that baby. And listen, it's a difficult thing when you think about this matter. But as soon as that child comes out, all that pain, all that suffering, they lay that baby and that woman forgets all about what she just went through because she takes a look at that, that baby that she's now holding and what came out of her body. Listen, the Bible says, and Jesus said, I will see you again. And he says, I know you're struggling right now. I know that there's, there's pain and suffering. Listen, our prayer list, it's long and it gets longer. But Jesus said, your heart shall, that's future tense, it shall rejoice and your joy, no man taketh it from you. No one can take your joy, your true joy. And there's joy in suffering, but notice there's also joy in trials. Trials have a way in our lives to develop maturity. When trials come along, you know, how are we going to handle those? And I love that whenever I see God's people, that oftentimes we don't understand why. I told that to Lapita. I said, listen, Lapita, I wish I had the answer. I said, I, all I know is, it's not ours to question God. I just know that there's a reason. God has a purpose. God has a plan behind everything. And we just need to keep living because we know that God is in control. James writes this. Look at this. As we think about joy and trials, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse 
temptation. He's not talking about just one little test. He says many different uh, temptations. He says, look at the words, knowing this. What are we going to get out of these trials? What's it going to do for us? He says, the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect, mature, and entire, wanting nothing. Can you see that? Listen, are you mature enough tonight to get a hold of what James is writing there? Because he says, look, as we go through those trials, he says, my brethren, count it all joy. He says, listen, God has a purpose. There's a reason that we're suffering, and there's a reason that we have trials in our lives. Notice also there's joy in persecution. Anybody ever mocked you for being a Christian? Anybody ever made fun of you for going to church three times a week? or for giving your money to the church. I mean, listen, it doesn't end. People find out things that you're a Christian, and, and honestly, you're doing something good, and they're, they're ridiculing you. They're mocking, making fun of you. But it does, should it surprise us? Look what Jesus said in Matthew 5. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye. When men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely, for my sake, and look at the next word, what is it? Rejoice. He says, be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. In other words, listen, you're not the first, you won't be the last. He said, don't worry about it. He says, it's not about this life. Now, certainly God wants to use us. God wants us to live for righteousness, to live a life that's pleasing to Him. But He says, listen, when the the persecution comes, He says, understand that, listen, as you are being persecuted, He says, rejoice, because great is your reward. Someday you're going to be glad that that you live for me, that you live for my name's sake. He says, rejoice, even have joy in persecution. Look, if we suffer for the Lord, guess what? It's a privilege. It really is a privilege. It's an honor to be counted worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. And so we see that there's this resilience to our joy, that even though we might suffer and go through trials and be persecuted, we can still have joy in our lives. Then notice as we final tonight is the revelation of our joy. When you think about joy, joy is the product or the byproduct of living a life that, of obedience. Uh, being an obedient Christian to the Word of God, the Spirit of God, uh, the song we sing, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be what? Happy in Jesus. See, when you think about this matter of being happy, we're talking about having joy. The, this matter of the revelation of our joy, this is what I was talking about earlier, that it ought to be evident, it ought to be the outward flow in our lives. Again, people ought to think to themselves, why is he so happy? You know, there's, there's got to be something about, it. you know, to me, I get around Christians, I love to get around Christians that have the joy of the Lord. They're just fun to be around. And notice how uh, our joy can be revealed. Notice one way is our joy is revealed in our singing. 
You know, sometimes I see people, and sometimes I realize, and I'm not making fun of anybody, sometimes people may just not know the songs. A lot of times, not always, but from time to time, Brother Kenny will pull out a song, and I'm standing there, uh, you know, over there going, watermelon, watermelon, water. I don't know the song. You know, and, and I'll tell him, I'll say, listen, we need to learn some songs. You know, you see, I, one time I was, I was a member of a church, and I don't know how many it was, my best guess, maybe 20 different hymns. They sang those and no more. And I'm like, are you serious? We're wearing these 20 songs out. Let's, let's sing some different songs. And it, it's okay from time to time to sing a new song. But, but listen, sometimes I look around and I can see someone, and, and again, God knows my heart. I see somebody who's been saved for many, many years, and they're just standing there. I'm going to tell you something. Christians ought to have a song in their heart. You know, I realize not everybody can sing because I are one, you know. But I'll, I'll tell you this, that, that, that as we sing together as a people, that we ought to all sing, that there, that joy that is in us, it should be revealed. You know what it says to the Lord when we are singing? It's saying that we're enjoying the Lord, that we want to sing about it. Listen, when you know something, especially something like the Lord, then you ought to want to talk about Him and you ought to want to sing. Singing is a way to praise Him. And, and we need to, one way to develop the joy in your life, start singing. You know, just have a song. James 5, 13, if, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. The question is, do you have a song on your heart today? Sometimes I get songs stuck in my head. And, you know, from time to time we'll do something. It's always funny when we do vacation Bible school because we'll sing some of those songs. Like, we'll sing them like, you know, 20, 30 times. And Brother Kenny will say, thanks, Pastor. And I'm like, for what? What did I do? And he'll say, I got that song stuck in my head and I can't get it out. I'm like, well, you know what? That's a good song. You just need to let it stay there for a while, you know? We need to, we need to realize our joy is revealed through our singing. But notice also, joy is revealed in our serving. Look, if, how many of you love the Lord tonight? Look, if you love Him, you can't help but serve Him. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to serve the Lord. Look what Paul writes in Acts 20. He says, or actually Dr. Luke, but he, about Paul's life, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with what? With joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He says, look, God's given me something to do. God's given me an opportunity to serve him. And listen, when we serve here in our local church, we're not serving the pastor and we're not serving the children. We're serving the Lord. And there ought to be a joy about it. You know, I get to, I watch sometimes, I'll see, uh, I'll see all of you as you serve in different parts of ministry, but uh, I, a lot of times I'll see Greg and Janth go back there with all their stuff, and they're, they're, they look like if they were going bear hunting, they were loaded down. I mean, they go back there with, with uh, different games and treats and stuff, and I'll see the police just go back there, and I'll see the, the, the Chadwicks go back there, and others of you that serve in ministry, because you have the joy that, listen, I get to serve the Lord. I get to teach uh, the Bible to children today. Look, when you look at Paul's life towards the end of his life, here's what you'll find is, till his last breath, Paul completely served the Lord. He never stopped, you know? Brother Flynn walked through the door tonight. Did you hear what I said? Brother Flynn walked through the door tonight. 
You know, Brother Flynn said to me, like, what was it, about a week, two weeks ago, Brother Flynn said, he says, Pastor, he says, the rehabilitation, the therapy's going great. He says, I, he goes, I'm going to start driving my car. I'm going to get back to the nursing home. And I'm like, praise God, you know, let everybody have that kind of spirit, you know. Listen, Brother Flynn could just be shifted in neutral, and he probably would, but Mrs. Flynn's standing behind him, kicking him the whole time. And she said, you're going to serve God, you know. But I love their spirit that they want to serve the Lord. Listen, every one of us ought to be that way is we ought to have the joy that I get to serve God. Paul was that way in his life. Our joy should be revealed to those around us in our singing, in our serving. Look at the third one. Our joy should be revealed in our soul winning. Are you telling people about the Lord? Are you, are you like an Andrew? Are you bringing people to Jesus? Look what the Bible says in Psalm 126. I hope you know these verses. Great verses here. They that sow in tears shall reap how? In joy. He that goeth forth. Why do, Pastor, why do you, Saturday, let's go soul winning. Why do you do that? He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, that's the word of God, shall doubtless come again with what? Rejoicing. Bringing his sheaves with him. Hey, listen, God told us, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. God says, listen, if you are going to serve me, then part of that is that I want you to be a witness unto me. Tell everyone that you come into contact with. I love when you read the book of Philippians, Paul told the church in Philippi, remember, it's the people of God. Here's what he says. He says it over and over again, that they are his crown and his joy. That's what he called the people. Those that God used him to reach them with the word of God, he called them his joy. Hey, listen, back up, rewind Paul's life before he knew Christ. He was a murderer. He was blasphemous. He wanted nothing to... Now this, this man who God had saved him by the grace of God, his whole life was changed and he's calling people who love God his joy. And see, I see that we should have a joy revealed in our soul winning. And then letter D, joy should be revealed in our stewardship. I mean, if, look, if you're filled with the Spirit of God tonight, that fruit that is produced in your life by the Holy Spirit, that matter of joy, it should be the fact that I want to be involved in stewardship. I want to be a part of giving to the Lord and the work of God. Look in Acts 20, 35. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, not the pastor of Bible Baptist Church, how Jesus said it is more blessed to what? To give than to receive. Through joy and giving. And there are, listen, every one of us, our joy needs to be revealed in our stewardship. John D. Rockefeller Jr. said, The poorest man I know is the man who has nothing but money. That's what Rockefeller Jr. said. The poorest man has nothing but money. Look, the spiritual man or the spiritual woman, they learn how to give to the things of God. You know, it's always been a joy for me. If I come in here from time to time, we've got a missionary with a need, I just stand up here, I'll say something, and somebody will say, Pastor, I think we ought to give so-and-so some money for that. I think we ought to send some money for that. Listen, that's that, that's that joy of being a steward of the things of God. And by the way, this matter of giving to the work of God, it's not natural. It's not natural for us 
to take that which we have earned and we have slaved and worked for. But here's what happens is the Holy Spirit of God begins to produce that fruit in our lives to where we say, listen, I want to be a part of that. The Holy Spirit teaches us. Look at the Bible says, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear a record, yea, and beyond the, their power they were willing of themselves. Did you hear what the Bible said in 2 Corinthians? That in their deep poverty they gave joyfully. A lot of times people, people are like, well, here comes the offering plate. Well, listen, I'm, you think about I wonder how many government employees right now that have nothing coming in would still be willing to give to the Lord joyfully. You know, certainly it's a tragic situation, but the Bible says that even those in Corinth, that, that, that they were giving and they gave joyfully. I hope in your life tonight, and I hope and pray, I never take it for granted, I hope that everyone here in this auditorium tonight knows the Lord as their Savior. In other words, knows the joy of your salvation. And if you are saved, I hope you've never got over the joy of being saved. But if you have in your life somehow, you know, you've been saved 20, 30, 40 years now, and that joy just isn't what it used to be, look what the psalmist said. David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Bring it back. That's why we're going to have revival in a couple weeks. Because maybe we just need to have our joy restored. Look, even when Jesus was on the cross, what a great example for us. He's hanging on the cross for our sins. And while he was hanging there on the cross, being persecuted for us, he had joy. Now, how could Jesus have joy on the cross? Because here's why. Because he knew that in just a short amount of time that he was going to find himself back in the presence of his Father. The Bible says there in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. No matter what's going on in your life tonight, can I tell you this, that you and I, we can have joy. It's a disposition of the Holy Spirit of God because we know that, listen, the Lord is coming back someday and we will rejoice with Him for all of eternity. But listen, here's the key. You don't have to wait until someday. You don't have to wait until you get to heaven. You can have joy in your life today. Let the world around you see that there's something different about you. And you know what it is? You're saved. You have the Holy Spirit of God. And that fruit that the Holy Spirit is producing in your life is not a false, fake joy. It's a genuine, constant joy that overflows because you're rejoicing in the Lord always. And the Bible says, and again I say, rejoice. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening, for the encouragement and the admonition from the Word of God tonight that I know that many in this room have been through many things. Some are going through things right now. And I know that, as I said earlier, that the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And Lord, none of us can rejoice in everything, but with the Holy Spirit's help and with His teaching in our lives, we can have joy always. 
And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to allow the Spirit to produce that fruit so the world around us sees that we truly have joy, not just once in a while, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but we have the joy that you can give us for every day of our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.